This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. What's going on? We're back. Welcome to another edition of Millennial Balance. I'm Shalise Vakas. Afia Ba here, 2024. Hello. Coming in hot. Is it too too late to say Happy New Year? Are we still allowed to say that? You know what I've heard? That if you haven't seen the person or if we haven't spoken to some, somebody like in the new year for the first time, then it's still like valid. Okay. And then after that, you can sort of. Uh, All right. Kibosh. So then it's still valid. Yeah. Happy New Year, Happy y'all. New Year, 105.9 Region Fam. It's cold. Yeah, I shouldn't have said coming in hot. I should have said coming in freezing. Coming in freezing cold. <laughs> freezing cold. But, yeah. I mean, we're excited to be back. We're excited for what the new year holds for all of us. And a new year can hold a lot of change Absolutely. for some people sometimes. And I think our next guest is the epitome of change. Mm-hmm. So we would like to introduce you to Katya Cramble. She's known on social media as Jet-Legged Lovers. She can check off a lot of boxes. She's a professional figure skater. She's a traveler. She's got a global affairs degree from U of T and she's a content creator. So Katya, welcome to Millennial Balance. Wow. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. Okay. So I feel like, like, where do we start? Where did you find the time to do all of that? I but know, you know what? All. I know you'll take us through the journey. Time. I feel like there's always going to be enough time for whatever it is that you want to do. I feel like the more things you do, the more time you're going to find to carve out for those things. So there's one piece of advice I can always give is try to do the absolute most with your days and your time. Okay. I mean, I mean, you, sometimes you got to forego those naps, don't oh, you? Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Katya, you started off uh, going to U of T, studying global affairs, and then you kind of switched gears and changed your mind. How and where did everything fall into place? Take us through. Do not leave any detail. Every single detail. (laughs) All the time. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I started, I mean, I grew up skating competitively and was homeschooled for most of my high school years. So I was switching high schools for a long time, kind of going to a new school every year. And then my parents just decided to put me into homeschooling while I was traveling and competing because practicing took up so much of my time. And I was a little bit lost academically at that point because academics always came secondary for me. So um, when I was in grade 12, I decided to make the decision of quitting skating competitively to be able to really pursue my academic career. At that point, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I had a I I mean, I was brought up traveling a lot, whether it was for skating or to see my family, which is kind of all scattered around the world. So I, I felt like I had a passion towards learning about more, I mean, the political sphere um, on both ends of the spectrum, just because I kind of got that global experience growing up. So I wanted to go into international relations so that I could study international law eventually. And that's what I went to U of T for. Um, I really, really kind of thought the for the four four years that I was going to go into law, become a lawyer and all of that. But a part of me was always really passionate about creativity and marketing specifically. And I only got into social media, I would say, when I kind of got into university. I wasn't really kind of big social. I never had like a big presence, never posted a lot, but I really enjoyed following other creators and really kind of valued aesthetic, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So... In university, I was trying to find a way to make an income on the side to be able to support myself and kind of get a head start when it comes to working. And when you go to U of T, I mean, I was living at home, so I didn't really get 
full university experience of living in a dorm room and going to parties and all of that. So my focus is kind of between academics and trying to grow my career. So I went into brand ambassador work and brand ambassador work. The great thing about that is that there's not really too much commitment to it. You can kind of commit on a project basis or on a kind of work to work basis on a day to day basis. And it kind of exposed me to a lot of different brands. So I had the opportunity to work with different brands, whether it was a car brand, lint chocolate, I don't know whether it was a hair shampoo company. And I really enjoy realized during that process that I really enjoyed, um, I guess, like, learning about different brands, being able to market them, whether that was in person, or just like studying their campaigns and all of that. So then I started to get a little bit more into social media and I started to pitch myself to small businesses just so I could get a little bit more experience. So I'd walk into a flower shop, a fitness um, center and say, hey, do you need anyone to manage your social media? I would love to take over your Instagram and help you grow your following and your engagement online. So I started to do that. And that's when I kind of started my own consulting company. And that was in third year university. So I was managing, I would say, four to five small businesses and helping them with all of their social media strategies and through that process because going in I really didn't know anything through that process I really kind of learned about what it's like to build an engaged community what works for different um, different businesses in those different social platforms and I really learned how to kind of put together videos I was always like doing research about how to edit and all of that so through that I kind of fell in love with the process of creating and then I built up enough confidence to basically start my own social media. And because I grew up traveling so much, I really kind of wanted to be a travel creator. So that is where the name Jet Lake Lovers kind of came to play. Um, I didn't really know at that time what I wanted to post or what I wanted my presence to be around. But I did know that I had this experience from traveling the world that I wanted to share with other people online. And I was hoping that even if I did go into international law or end up going into that, I could still somehow merge the two one way or another. And then after university, I ended up getting a job for a tech company. It was kind of in international politics a little bit or Canadian politics, I would say. And I was working for a tech company. And on the side, I was slowly building up my business. But at that time, it obviously was hard to travel because I was working a nine to five. You only get two weeks off. Um, and I realized, I think, through that process, I really kind of enjoyed that time in my life. And I think every time in your life, whether it's the right or wrong, like is a building stepping stone to where you are now or where you're going. And I realized through that, that nine to five wasn't kind of the structure of the life that I was, that was going to fit my lifestyle because having grown up with such like an active dynamic upbringing with skating and I don't know, traveling school, whatever it was, I realized that I couldn't sit still in the office and I was always like itching to travel and Again, by working there, I kind of learned a little bit more about the back end, I would say, of social media in terms of handling analytics and building out, um, let's say, like Facebook ads, Google ads. And that was a really interesting learning curve for me as well, because it kind of gave me more knowledge in the industry than somebody who maybe just steps into right away um, into just doing the creative part of it. Um, and then COVID hit basically, and that gave me the chance. It worked out in my favor because it gave me the chance to work from home, which obviously allowed me to grow my business a little bit more. And then that kind of gave me the confidence to eventually quit my job. And here I am today. This is my full-time job now as a creator. And I really, really love what I do. Um, and I'm really grateful. That's amazing. What, <laughs> I, what I got out of, out of all of that is, is, that, is that you didn't sleep. 
Yeah. yeah. No, I feel like <laughs> I'm not a napper, thankfully. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that is absolutely amazing because it, it feels as though a lot of this has just been organically self taught, really. And you, yeah. you really learned through experience, mm -hmm. which is not an opportunity a lot of people get to have. For sure. And I feel like, honestly, like when it comes to a really good example is when somebody asks, though, so how did you learn a language? Like, I, for example, speak three languages and for French I learned just purely by being able to travel to France that's where my family lives now today so by being there and just being able to like go to the grocery store order at a restaurant you're able to learn so much more through experience than I was able to learn in the classroom and I think that there's for some people that just pick up things up quicker through experience than necessarily through getting like a teaching method so I feel like experience is really important and just like putting yourself out there you forgot off your resume that you speak three languages on top of your like already like built and stacked sort of CV. So thank you for that. Also, another thing you can add on that we'll, we'll talk about through this chat. If you could, I mean, expand a little bit about starting to figure out that there was a shift for you, I guess, when you were starting to wrap up your global affairs um, mm -hmm. degree and then realizing, you know, this might not be something that you want to do. How did you, how were you able to differentiate between, you know, maybe you're just tired from this specific thing to knowing like no this is what i actually want to separate myself from for myself at least i never really believed in like separation in the sense that like i have to stop one thing fully to be able to pick up the next i'm a strong believer in like juggling a million things at once so i think that really helped me i think building up the courage to really leave my nine to five to take this full time was the biggest um kind of step in my career or the biggest like nervous it was very nerve-wracking when it happened um but anything that I've had to take a risk for um in my experience and from anyone who have talked to any of my mentors it's always lead led to something positive so again that's just like being able to step out of your comfort zone and really manifesting or envisioning what it is that you want just kind of believing and trusting the process obviously it's really helpful to have a support system um and like supportive friends and family who really kind of understand I feel like that's what makes mm -hmm. the biggest difference. And I, I do want to go back to something you said before, uh, where you said that your biggest learning experiences were outside of the classroom. And mm -hmm. I think that just ties into this being an unconventional job mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think that's kind of the shift that the world is starting to take. Not to say that traditional education isn't important, mm -hmm. but maybe now I think our generations are really starting to realize maybe that might not be the most important thing. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I definitely am so grateful for all the education that I have received. And I think that it's played a really important role in my life. But again, I feel like combined with real life experiences, which again, come from travel for the most part for myself, or just putting yourself out there trying different jobs until you know what it is that you really enjoy because obviously going into university quitting skating I was very lost my whole life for 16 years was basically just me training to get to the Olympics and when I wasn't able to get there it was like a huge shock to my system to be like okay what what am I now who am I I had no idea so it was it, I really through experience and through just trying different things, I was kind of able to find myself again. And here we are now I'm 27 and I'm still skating, but in a very different capacity than I was back then. Oh girl, you're still tiny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure there was a big social impact for you as well. Like, you know, coming from being homeschooled, skating, being Mm -hmm. your number one, and then you're thrown into this university environment, which is a big shift for people coming out of high school period. So what was that shift like for you? Definitely felt like a big shift, but at the same time, again, I couldn't be more grateful for a community and people. And the biggest recommendation I could give to anybody going through something similar is to um, really try to sign up for extracurriculars or find ways to connect with communities outside of just the classroom. Because if you're not living in a dorm like I was, it was hard to make friends, especially at a university that's more like city-like, it was bigger. Um, I was really able to make close friends with people because of the fact that I was putting myself out there into doing extracurriculars, whether it was just like, I think it was a mooting club that I was part of and we would do like debates. I think that through that, I was able to make closer friends and closer connections. And again, skating really gave me the dedicated part of me. So I was very studious in university. So um, yeah, I think it's just about finding yourself and surrounding yourself with people who bring out the best in you. You're, you're right. You know, I mean, maybe the things that you took away from from homeschooling and bringing it into that university life, there are different skills and like life skills that you brought with you, like a very strong work ethic mm-hmm. to like be able to maneuver all these things. I'm like, that's that's what it is. <laughs> and it was that work ethic, <laughs> because maybe a lot of us today might not be able to juggle all of those things. Um, coming forward now to your, I mean, content creating life. When you were first starting, did you ever think maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Like maybe I should take a step back. Did you see the steps forward the way that you wanted to, or were were there days where you were like, I don't know if this is supposed to be something I should be doing? 100%. When I was first starting out, I was constantly self-doubting myself. I thought that, I mean, I, at that time I was following a lot of influencers and watching their life and watching them grow. And at that point I thought it was way too late for me to start. Um, and I didn't think that there was an opportunity for me to even like start even when I did, but I did it out of just having a passion for creativity and just kept going. I would say consistency is the biggest thing when it comes to absolutely anything and just powering through the days that you feel like you should give up. And 100% to this day, I still have days where I'm like, I don't think it's working. The numbers kind of really get to you and you feel like, oh, what am I doing this for? Who even cares? Like you're always battling that within your own mind. So it's just really about putting out content that you enjoy creating and putting numbers as important as the numbers are obviously in terms of making money and building the business it almost has to come secondary in your mind in order for you to be able to keep creating and doing what you love if that makes sense that was actually my next question because i'm sure when you're first starting you know the numbers can be discouraging so yes like what i i I guess you kind of already answered this but like motivation to keep going how do you put the numbers and that aspect of it secondary in your mind second um a big big thing for me in what I do I would say travel really keeps me inspired because even when I'm feeling low or I don't know what it is that I'm putting out there being able to kind of still create or skating is a good another example but being able to do things outside of just the creative aspect of it that bring me joy and that keep me grounded is a really big um, factor for me that kind of motivates me to keep going because even if I and my numbers aren't doing well, where I feel discouraged or I feel dismotivated, I know I can go skating and it, and that will kind of bring back the inspiration for me, bring back the happiness. And it's sometimes I'll just create something for fun. It'll end up performing really well. And it reminds me that 
it's not always about just like planning out the perfect piece of content or focusing on what numbers are going to perform well, but it's really about tapping into what you enjoy creating and what you're good at. You know what that sounds like? It almost sounds like having a passion behind the passion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like you're not so overly consumed with the first passion that you kind of like lose yourself or something doesn't happen. Yes. I don't know where to go next. Exactly. No, I couldn't agree more. Even when I was working my nine to five, that was my biggest kind of um, piece of advice, I guess, that I was giving to my younger sister at the time or to friends. But when you're working, when you're doing anything, it's so important to have like a side hobby almost to kind of distract your mind from any response, not responsibilities, but any discouragements that might occur in your actual job, if that makes sense. No, that's so true. And I, I feel like that's just in, in life in general, you know, anybody who does still work in nine to five, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You got to mm-hmm. do what you got to do, pay your bills. But I think you really do need to have that separate time for yourself. And with that being said, Katya, how do you find time for yourself? Like, <laughs> is it just constantly like, because if I were you, I feel like I would constantly just be like, oh, this would make really good content. This would make really mm-hmm. good content. I should film myself doing this. <laughs> and when do you do those activities just for you? It is that is a really hard I mean I feel like that's a really good question because it is really hard to differentiate that I just got back from being on family vacation and I experienced that to the max because you want to participate in everything you want to do everything and you're around people who don't have to come home at the end of the day and edit they'll just go to sleep but then you have to remind yourself okay now I have to update my online community and stay up editing and a lot of times I'm not going to lie you do sacrifice sleep like I very often will fall asleep with my phone in my hands which is not a good habit that I'm trying to break but I think again if you are able to do hobbies in your life or side little hustles that bring you happiness then you're going to find yourself making time for them because they bring you that happiness if that makes sense like I really enjoy going to a workout class and when I go I don't take my phone with me so that's just like a small example but that's something I really enjoy doing and that's like a good way for me to be like okay this hour is to myself you talked about having your sleeping with your phone in your hand. <laughs> yes. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that afterwards. <laughs> but, you know, it, it talks about how busy um, the day, like a day in the life of a content creator is. Can you walk me through or walk us through what a day in the life of a content creator is? Like you wake up and then you do what? Like walk us through. I wish I could tell you because I, I feel like this is kind of where my ADD comes into play, but I'll wake up and I'll have a plan and then that could get all screwed up and I'll be like doing something completely different based on how I'm feeling. And that's the problem or that's kind of, I feel like anyone who's in the creative industry can relate to this, but sometimes you'll get an idea at three in the morning and you'll stay up all night working on it and the rest of your day is just gone to waste. Um, but a typical day I would say is wake up I usually have a content plan for what I'd like to post what I kind of want to focus on that day Um, I try to kind of give myself some time in the morning so I will wake up because as a creator you you do have the responsibility of posting um, to motivate other people to whether it's wake up or whatever kind of creator it is like you have a posting schedule so I would say my biggest thing is just waking up before that schedule starts so I have some time to myself whether it's do a workout just enjoy my morning coffee breakfast whatever it is and just have like a morning to yourself and then once 8 a.m 9 a.m comes you are kind of in that block where you want to be able to engage with your community as much as possible and I typically would say I balance out my days between shooting and editing um 
so I mean it's a healthy balance between when I travel I'll usually take the entire day to shoot content and I'll usually batch shoot a lot of it and then I'll go through the following week which will just be an editing week and it'll just be me in front of my computer looking and nothing like I do in my Instagram posts um just editing away and kind of finding that inspiration for how I want to um present my content if that makes sense and then after all of that you come home at when it's dark out and you're usually on your emails negotiating pitching yourself um, organizing meetings sending out invoices and I would say that's kind of the typical day and then you can add in events to that <laughs> I mean yeah, okay. that, it, yeah that's a lot <laughs> no and I, I totally get that and and I found it funny that you mentioned I don't look like this like like I look on my Instagram all the time and I just feel like, you know, the aesthetic is so important to some people. The The way you present yourself on socials is so important. So how do you upkeep that? I think everyone has their own kind of niche or way that they're comfortable with presenting themselves. I really look up to those people who are able to show themselves regardless of how, like, feels has happened to all their personalities and it's something that I'm definitely still working on. But I, I think that that's kind of the biggest movement that we're seeing in social media right now is we're able to really tap into people um, to seeing like people in their real selves, um, which I really respect. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the biggest thing that I'm working on right now. I love that. You know, I'm kind of curious. Do you remember your first post? I do actually. Yeah, <laughs> it was, um, I don't know if it's like the very, very first post that I remember, but when I was first starting my Instagram, I remember I was overthinking it to the max. So I would post delete and then repost it again and then <laughs> think about it. And then if you go back now and look at it, I think I was getting like five likes at the time, but it was, I didn't care about the numbers. It was just about like my passion for creating. And sometimes I'll like remind myself that today when I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's not performing well. It's like, no, it's what you love. Like you're putting it out there. The numbers will come with consistency. What was the post though? That you kept <laughs> redoing? Um, I mean, is it like a like we let's not talk about? It? I assume not because you posted it and then deleted it. Yeah, no. I mean, I I had my personal Instagram before that. So when I started this business Instagram, it was very curated. So I think it was just like something like fashion related in my backyard. Nothing, nothing crazy, but it was definitely planned out. So cool. And, I like that. And and we're talking a lot about Instagram, but like TikTok is where all the kids are going now to as well. And I feel like we're old when we're like kind of saying Instagram's our favorite. <laughs> so what is it like creating content for different platforms? It's overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. And I know a lot of creators feel this way because you really do have to tap into different audience groups on each platform. And it's something that I struggle with. I obviously acquired most of my following on TikTok and I'm so grateful for that. But I find that whenever I'm focusing more on Instagram, um, that is kind of where I center my energy around. So that is where I'll grow. And then vice versa. It's really kind of hard to do both simultaneously, um, especially when you're on your own and there's only so many hours in the day. Like it is, you're, you do really have to post different types of content to really tap into the different audience groups and niches but for one thing that I'm really grateful for that I think TikTok kind of give, gave me at least an opportunity for and gives a lot of others um, that Instagram may have not right away was it really allowed me to find myself and my specific niche so when I first started out I was just creating beauty lifestyle fashion content um, and kind of using other influencers as a role model but when TikTok became a thing that's when I kind of just started posting myself and posting myself skating and that's when I was really able to tap into an, 
a very niche audience that was special to, to me and wasn't the same as any other influencer out there. So it kind of really gave me an opportunity to, um, to put myself out there in a way that others don't and allowed me to closely connect with community that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's just, it feels so strange, like talking about it so simply, like you yeah. make it sound <laughs> so simple, but I guess it is true when you think about it. And do you have a preference as to which you post on? I mean, I am, a I would say Instagram for sure, um, because I feel like that's what I kind of grew up watching the most. TikTok didn't exist. I feel like I'm saying that like I'm old, but no, I'm not. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, you feel TikTok you. didn't exist. I'm just like, what? what, what? Yeah, we feel wow. you on that. There was <laughs> a time now, when Instagram didn't exist either. Man. Yeah. <laughs> But now I, I do really like TikTok because I really like that it's given the opportunity for new creators to start this in this career. And like, like I said, when I was starting out, I felt like it was kind of like a, because TikTok didn't exist when I was starting out. So it kind of felt like it was like, I was nervous that it was too late for me. And then once TikTok came into play, it kind of just opened up this career path for so many new inspiring creators. And everyone is, it's very different than it was before, if that makes sense. Like people are able to tap into different niches, whether they're an athlete, an academic, whatever it is, they're able to talk about different things. It's kind of like a new wave of YouTube, if that makes sense. And yeah, no, it's really cool. Like I really do enjoy my TikTok scrolls. <laughs> I think I really like, um, I appreciate how you're sort of going through it and the preference like between the social media platforms and going through your day. Um, I think it helps to also open up people's minds in terms of there's a lot of work that goes into putting out this mm -hmm. content and, and where it has to go and putting through the analytics and then like for and then like that's not even the admin stuff that you have to do when you have to uh, when you're done posting. So um, I really think it helps to really open up people's minds to really understand that there's a lot more than just shooting and posting. There's so much. Oh, there's more there's so much more. Yeah, it's really hard to relay that to anybody because the whole it's again, this is really similar to me for with skating. It's like when you'd go out for competition, you would just be there to make it look effortless and smile and perform. But all the behind the scenes are the sweaty tears. Um, so say same thing with social media. It's like you when you're putting out a post, you want to kind of ins aim to inspire or educate whatever it is. But you also don't get to really show every single aspect of what went into that. And have you ever thought about doing that? Like maybe trying to create some content behind the scenes? For sure. Yeah. So I think like that's kind of the sphere that or TikTok gave it gave us the opportunity ability to kind of be able to post more of that kind of stuff and that's the content I really enjoy watching so it's something I'm working on trying to be able to show more of but again to be able to show that that there's going to still be work that goes into kind of showing that if that makes sense because you still have to edit a video that will show how you're editing or whatever it is absolutely and Katya okay. before we let you go if you had any advice I feel like you did kind of slide them in there uh, <laughs> over the course of our chat but if you had any advice for anybody who's trying to start out now what are like maybe the top three things that you would say number one would be stay true to yourself I feel like in today's world, regardless of what your career path or choice is, it's really easy to get swayed away by looking at others um, and trying to insert yourself into kind of their lives or envision it that way. 
with my story, I was only able to really tap into my audience and grow and, and develop this career once I stayed true to myself, which was when I started posting skating and showing more of my personality online. So I think that's really important, just staying true to yourself. Um, number two would be to believe in yourself. I feel like that's such like a basic thing to say, but um, again, with consistency and just believing in yourself, you can achieve anything. I'm a really strong believer in manifesting your goals. If you want anything, you just have to keep going for it, working hard, believing in it. If you can envision it, that means you can get there. And it just might not be in the traditional way that you see somebody else get there. Like everyone has their own timeline. Everyone has their own path if that makes sense but you will get there if you just work hard enough and number three I would say is I guess I already touched on this before but it's to not be afraid to try new things and do more than just whatever it is that you're doing because you never know when you might fall in love with something else that you're trying out or find new inspirations. I think it's really important in life to not just think of it as like, okay, I have to go to work and then I have to do this and then I have to go to sleep. Like it's okay to try new things and to, um, you know, I mean, you never know. Like, again, I stumbled upon what I do completely accidentally. So that's why my biggest advice is just to try to do as much as you can, because you never know what you could be good at if you haven't tried everything. <laughs> We love that. That's what we love to hear. It may not be the career that everybody envisions for themselves, but it's working and it's a job. We're here to tell you it's a job, even though we might not believe in it ourselves. (laughs) Conventional is not always the way to go, right? You always try unconventional things and you land exactly where you need to be. Exactly. And Katya, if our listeners want to find you on socials, where can we go? Yeah, you can find me on all the different social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. My handle is JetLikeLovers. Um, you can also just search me by my name, Katia Crimble. And yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> and good luck. We're looking forward to seeing more of your content. Thank you so much, guys. It was really nice to speak with you. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.